0: Welcome to the Retire with Confidence podcast. I'm your host, George James, owner of Capital Wealth Group, a flat fee only advisory firm. Whether you're nearing retirement or already retired, join me each week as we explore the world of retirement planning and equip you with the knowledge and tools you need for a successful retirement. Welcome to today's episode. Our topic of discussion is the 4% rule and various alternatives for determining safe withdrawal amounts in retirement. So, what exactly is the 4% rule? How does it work? Where did it come from? And is it something you should consider? The 4% rule is a guide to help you determine how much money you can safely withdraw in retirement. The 4% rule was created by a financial advisor named William Benjen in 1994. Mr. Benjen's analysis of market data from 1926 to 1976 showed that even in the worst case scenarios, a retiree can withdraw 4% annually, adjusted for inflation, and the portfolio would last at least 30 years. The portfolio he used was a mix of 50% stocks and 50% bonds. He used developed market indexes for the stock portion, and he used high-grade corporate bonds for the bond portion. Then in 1998, three professors from Trinity College in Texas, now called the Trinity Study, updated Mr. Benjamin's original study. This time, the withdrawal rates were tested using historical data from 1926 to 1995. The authors tested all 30-year rolling periods through 1995 and concluded that a 4% initial withdrawal rate adjusted for inflation had a 95% probability of success for all 30-year periods using the similar 50-50 portfolio. Then in 2014, Dr. Wade Fowle, updated the Trinity study using data through the year 2014. Dr. Fowle also changed the bond type from corporate bonds to intermediate-term government bonds. Fowle found a 100% chance of success instead of the 95% success using the same assumptions that created the original 4% rule. In Fowle's update, every 30-year retiree still had money using a 50-50 stock-to-bond portfolio while withdrawing 4% of their retirement savings each year adjusted for inflation. Even though past history proved the 4% rule does work, Dr. Fowle also asks and examines a crucial question in his updated study. Will the future look like the past? That's the million-dollar question. I will point out that Fowle's time period included the Great Depression, stagflation in the 70s, the dot-com bubble, and the 2008 subprime crisis. So there were some obvious bad times in his study. What if you wanted to use the 4% rule? Well, let's look at an example. Let's assume you plan to retire at age 65 and plan to live to 95. So you have a 30-year retirement. You have a 50-50 stock-to-bond portfolio of $3 million. You can withdraw $120,000, which is 4% of your total portfolio in the first year of retirement. The next year, you would multiply the $120,000 by the rate of inflation. Let's assume the inflation rate is 2.3%. Then the equation would be 120,000 times 1.023. In year two, you can now withdraw $122,760. You continue to repeat this for each year of retirement. So here's my opinion. Although the 4% rule may work for some, caution may be necessary especially if there is a prolonged bear market at the start of your retirement. Plus, it's not a one-size-fits-all solution. There are several issues to consider. First, not everyone will have a retirement that lasts exactly 30 years. Some will retire early and may have a longer retirement. Some may retire later and may have a shorter retirement. And others may not need to start income at the beginning of their retirement. Second, the 4% rule is very rigid. It assumes that you will increase your spending every year by the rate of inflation without any deviation, even during a prolonged bear market. And many retirees' expenses can vary significantly from year to year due to unexpected life events. Third, I see many retirees spend more money in their early years of their retirement on things like travel and hobbies, and then often reduce spending in their later years. Fourth, the 4% rule is based on historical market returns, and some projections suggest that future returns may be below long-term averages, which could result in a withdrawal rate that is too high. Fifth, the 4% rule assumes a portfolio split of 50% stocks and 50% bonds, but not every retiree will be comfortable with this allocation. Six, it may be in some retirees' best interest to use a staggered withdrawal strategy. For example, if a couple is healthy and planning to retire at age 65, with a history of longevity in their families, it may be wise to postpone their Social Security benefits until age 70. This means they will have to withdraw a larger amount from their investments for several years before they receive their Social Security benefits. As a result, the traditional 4% rule may not be applicable for them. And lastly, it's very important to consider advisor fees, as they can greatly impact the amount of withdrawals you are able to take during retirement. For instance. If you have a $2 million portfolio and you're paying 1% fee to your advisor and you follow the 4% rule, you will be taking out 80,000 starting in the first year of retirement, which is 4%. And your advisor will also be taking out 20,000 in fees the first year. So your first year in retirement will be a total of a 5% withdrawal rate, which may be too high. Let's explore some alternatives to the 4% rule. One simple alternative, would be to start with the 4% rule, but instead of increasing the rate each year with inflation, use a more dynamic approach by taking out more when the market is up and less during down markets. Another similar approach is Morningstar's safe withdrawal rate rule. It's similar to the 4% rule because it adjusts for inflation after year one, but it uses past history and forward-looking projections to determine a safe starting point. Morningstar comes out with a new safe withdrawal rate every December. For new retirees starting to take withdrawals in 2023, their safe starting withdrawal rate is 3.8%. However, for those who retired last year in 2022, the starting rate was only 3.3%. Another withdrawal approach is called the dynamic distribution rates or the guardrails withdrawal strategy, which determines the maximum withdrawal rate based on a percentage of the overall portfolio value and fluctuates based on several rules. We will discuss this in more detail in my next episode. The final strategy I'll discuss is called the staggered withdrawal strategy. This approach involves withdrawing a larger percentage of your investments and savings in the initial years of retirement while delaying your Social Security to take advantage of the 8% increase you get per year by waiting to start Social Security. This strategy varies greatly among retirees depending on multiple factors. Here's an example. You retired age 62, you're in good health, longevity runs in your family, and you have enough money saved where you may live off some of your savings until full retirement age 67 or even age 70, so you can delay Social Security and take advantage of the higher guaranteed benefits. To minimize the risk of running out of money, retirees can also consider setting aside one, two, or even five years or more of income in safe investments. The number of years will depend on your personal risk tolerance and other factors. Some safe investments may include short-term government bonds, government bond ladders, short-term treasury ETFs or funds, CDs, and money markets. Using one of these strategies can help reduce the sequence of returns risk, which is the risk your portfolio will have negative returns near the beginning of retirement, as you start taking withdrawals, this can have a big impact on how long your investments will last in retirement. Setting aside a few years of income at the beginning of retirement in guaranteed safe investments can help reduce your chances of running out of money. In summary, the 4% rule is a good starting point and can be a good strategy for some, but there may be more suitable and practical withdrawal strategies for others. It's essential to consider various factors in determining a safe withdrawal rate based on your unique circumstances, including length of retirement, investment allocation, income needs, taxes, risk tolerance, financial goals, among others. In my next episode, I'll discuss the dynamic distribution rates and some call it the guardrails withdrawal strategy in more detail. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Retire with Confidence. I hope you found this information helpful in your retirement planning journey. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to my podcast and leave a five-star review to help others discover the show. If you have any questions, topic ideas, or want to discuss your retirement plan, feel free to reach out to me, George Jamison with Capital Wealth Group. You can visit our website at capitalwealthplan.com to learn more. Thank you again for listening, and I look forward to bringing you more valuable insights on retirement planning in future episodes. And now for the disclaimer. The information discussed in this podcast is for general explanations and education only. It is not tax, legal, or investment advice. Before considering acting on any information heard here, first consult with your tax, legal, or investment advisor. Thank you and have a great day.